So while about 90% of the time we preach on the daily gospel, which is fitting, the church teaches also that there is preachings, for instance, on the saint of the day or particular um, news items that might be happening in the culture. And one of the ones that I wanted to touch on today, because I, I don't think I've ever given a homily on before, but many of you had contacted me, and I, I am smiling this morning because you had written to me, many of you, God bless you, saying, Father, congratulations on Michigan winning the national championship in college football. And yes, as I've always said, that brings happiness. Happiness is a worldly emotional thing, but only God can bring joy. Only God fulfills. But a lot of this brought up a great question. I've begun my five-day retreat. I'm doing a five-day retreat. And so some of the reflection that I began yesterday I wanted to share with you, and I, I think it's timely because they, they just had the football playoffs and now the NFL starts, and Father Seraphim used to always correct us on not watching too much sports, and that's very true. But what does the church teach on sports? What does the church say? And um, I, I think it's very fascinating if you look at it, and it may surprise you. Obviously, sports has a huge impact in our culture, uh, physical, social, and emotionally, uh, but we can't let it become an idol. And that's where I was very careful to try to say, yes, I'm excited about my alma mater and University of Michigan, but we gotta be careful that we keep things in perspective. Sundays, for some people, have become a religion sitting in the NFL stadiums, freezing and below zero temperatures, but yet they won't drive 10 miles or even less to their church because they say it's too much trouble. So we have to really look at this. Now, what does the church teach? Um, for instance, does the NFL violate keeping holy the Lord's Day on Sunday? Well, it depends on how you look at it. For instance, we're entering into the NFL playoffs now. If sports are just a casual way for us to relax and enjoy the company of others after the proper worship of God and your duties are done, then yes, it can be positive. It can be. Uh, but if it becomes an idol keeping you away from worship of God, especially on the Lord's Day, uh, where you're missing mass because you're at home, as I said before, playing fantasy football, um, you know, and this becomes your God, then yeah, there's a huge problem. Now, St. Augustine, though, and the Vatican have commented on sports. St. Augustine said, playfulness, such as in sports, has a proper time and place. Insofar as we play reasonably, we can speak of the virtue of playfulness. I've never heard of the virtue of playfulness. And St. Augustine says that. And therefore, it is a virtue related to games. Through games, we restore the strength of our souls so as to be more fervent in pursuing higher ends, <clears throat> such as prayer and contemplation. Okay, so I always smile. I said, okay, so the next time your spouse is bugging you that you're watching a football game or playing hockey, you could say, I'm preparing for a deeper life of contemplation and prayer. But you got you to gotta see it through. Um, St. Paul, he talks about this, uh, comparing our life on earth to a race uh, in 2 Timothy. 
and to a time of discipline in 1 Corinthians. I tell you, sports, it requires such a discipline. Um, the weight that I had to cut, I used to try to put weight on for football. I was trying to add weight for football. And then the day football season ended, I had to cut 20 pounds to be able to get to my wrestling weight. So it's, it's very, yeah, it's a lot of discipline. And so Paul tells us that the thing is the athlete competes for a perishable crown, but Christians do something more important. We compete for an imperishable crown. And so the Bible describes us as being in a stadium. Did you know this? This is in the Bible. The Bible says it's like we're in a big stadium where the souls in heaven are spectators and they're watching us like those at a game, spectators in a stadium as we are running a race. This is one we want to win. You know, uh, like any athlete, we must train for virtue and for dedication, not just the body, but the soul. And I think that's where some people miss it. You know, um, you can look at even our Marian community in athletics. You know, um, I may have mentioned this before, but you know, Father Kaz was a world-class soccer player. Um, he, he got a co full college scholarship. This, this guy, you should see him play ping pong. Nobody can beat him at ping pong. Um, Father uh, Tyler is a fabulous uh, baseball player, was the, the whole league all-star in college in his baseball team. Father Anthony and I were wrestlers, even our employees. Like we have Dawn with us today, our assistant, she was a basketball player at Boston College. So we know that sports can have a beautiful place if we keep it in perspective. Why? Well, JP2, John Paul, said, and I like to read his quote, it is a fitting occasion to give thanks to God for the gift of sport, in which the human person exercises his body, intellect, and will, recognizing these abilities as so many gifts of his creator. John Paul says, Playing sports has become very important today since it can encourage young people to develop important values such as loyalty, perseverance, friendship, sharing, and solidarity. Again, we got to keep warning, though, you can't make it your idol. You can't. And so, uh, and he you know, goes on, and, and you know, there's a lot of great virtues that we can learn through sports. The two that come to mind when I was reflecting on this were charity and humility. What are the king virtues? Charity and humility. And I personally was reflecting on this. I find few things that really help with charity and humility like sports. Why? Because it's a team sport. You can learn the value of your teammates and helping others. Um, man, I tell you, when I played high school football, if one player missed his block to allow the other player to get through with the ball, then he let his player down. Um, in, in, in the NBA, J Michael Jordan, you've all heard of Michael Jordan. In 1997, they were in the finals. In the final game, everybody was expecting Michael Jordan to take the last shot. It was down to a few seconds left. They went to the sidelines for a timeout. And the coach even said, okay, to get Michael Jordan the ball, Michael Jordan said, no, Steve Kerr is going to take the last shot. Out of charity, he said, Steve Kerr is going to take the last shot. This was the finals, the last second of the championship. And so everybody was shocked. And sure enough, my, Steve Kerr took the shot and he hit it. 
and they won the championship. That was charity. But you know, humility is another great virtue. Um, I remember my sophomore year in high school on the junior varsity, I went undefeated in wrestling and our football team never lost a game. And you know, you could think, well, that would be easy to become prideful coming back for the junior year. Well, God allowed <laughs> my junior year, our football team, we had a losing season, and I got thumped pretty, pretty good on a couple matches. So God can teach humility as well. So to finish, um, even the Vatican has spoken about sports. And really, there's something here that's interesting because it's really, it's timely regarding the war with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, and by the way, um, our EWTN show tonight, we invite you to join us. It's Wednesday night at 6.30. Is going to be, um, I did a show on, is there such thing as a just war? Can you have such a thing like World War II? Can you have a just war? And with Russia and Ukraine now in the Holy Land, it's a timely, it's a timely subject. So we invite you at 6.30 on EWTN to watch with us on, on, on just war. What is it? What makes a war just? And, and is there such a thing as a just war? But anyway, the Vatican came out with a document called, quote, giving the best of yourself, a document on the Christian perspective on sport and the human person. Now listen to what it says. I'm just going to quote one line. The dynamic of sport is the opposite of that of war. So he's, the document of the Vatican saying sport is the opposite of war which takes place when people believe that cooperation is no longer possible. This is war. Um, and when there is a lack of agreement on fundamental rules. Kill each other. The common experience, however, in the sacrifice of sport can rather help believers to understand more fully each other and their vocation as children of God. Um, Brother Ken showed that movie, um, Silent, was it The Silent Night? Um, it was a, a, a story about World War I, where the Germans and the Scots and the British were fighting in World War I, and it was dark at night, and one of the bagpipe soldiers started playing Silent Night from the British and the Scots, and then the Germans started singing it, and all of a sudden, in the middle of this trench warfare of World War I, the Germans came out, the British and the Scots came out, and they started singing Silent Night together. So here you went from war to peace, and guess what they did? They played soccer. Here they are in the middle of World War I, in a, uh, a raging war, killing going on, bombs and, and, and gunshots, and, and they're in these trenches fighting each other. And then finally at night, it calms down. They start playing Silent Night. The Germans start singing it. They come out. The Scots and the Brits come out. And then they, they came together. They started showing each other pictures of their family. Started showing each other pictures of their wives and their children. And they sat down. And they ate together. They drank together. And then they played soccer together. Well, they ended up getting in big trouble. Because it was war. That's an example of how sport can overcome that. And I just thought that was interesting. And Brother Ken showed that movie the other night. And so again, to finish, 
Um, I'd like to add this. The Vatican document even speaks about Sundays, which you've got to be very careful because as I've been saying, you can't let sport become your God. It says, if sport runs the risk of being the occasion to divide a family and diminish the sanctity of Sunday, which can be a problem, it could do that as a holy day, it can also help, however, to integrate a family with each other in the celebration of a Sunday, not only in the liturgy, but in the life of the community. In other words, what the document is saying is that even sports on Sunday can help bring you together, but again, never as an idol, never replacing God. This does not mean that sport matches should not take place on Sundays, but rather such events, events must not excuse families from attending mass and should also promote the life of the family within the community. So bottom line, if you've gotten into sports so much that you're no longer going to mass, or soccer practice takes the place of mass, um, where you should have gone even Saturday night or whatever it might be, you gotta be careful. And so finally, um, my favorite part of the document says, priests should encouraged, should be encouraged to be reasonable. Re now this is from the document of the church. Priests should be encouraged to be reasonably knowledgeable about the contemporary sports and sport trends, especially as they affect youth and let it be a link to the youth who sports with faith in their families and used when it makes sense. And so I didn't know that. So I, I, I kind of smile because that, I guess you could say, gives me a little justification for watching the Michigan game on Monday night and to be able to say, thank you, Lord, uh, 26 years as an alum waiting for this. And, and it was a little bit of grace that God gave me. But I got to be careful to say, never let it become too much. Never let it become your idol because only God is that place in our heart. Remember joy, only God can fulfill. Yeah, sports can give us happiness, but there's a big difference. Happiness, worldly emotions go up and down, win, lose, up, down. But only God can fill joy, which is everlasting. Joy keeps with you. Happiness can go up and down. And so let us remain with God in the joy of our hearts. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. 
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.